Welcome into another episode of the Warrior Way podcast. This week is a special episode. Um, well, I guess every episode is special. I say that pretty much every week because we have really special guests on. But this week we were lucky enough to be joined by a really good friend to both myself and Grant. Um, he's coached here at Washington uh, for a number of years, um, and I've been lucky enough to be on his staff um, and get to know him and also um, coach track with him. And then um, he was just recently named the head boys basketball coach at Jefferson High School, Mr. Tim Reck. Um, Grant, what'd you take from Tim during this episode? Uh, he was actually one guest that I was hoping we'd get on the show even well before he got the Jefferson job. As like you said, he's really good friends of ours. Um, a great conversation um, with him today. It ranged everywhere from life to basketball to other things so it was a lot of fun and then um of course the draft which we always look forward to uh dealing with uh track athletes since we are in the track season right now yep and typical tim fashion he made us come into that blind so that we yes. had to get list pulled up but also during a conversation the thing that stuck out to me and the thing that people need to recognize about tim is he's authentic and he's real um he's passionate and you can hear it through his voice and he also has this side i mean he got emotional a couple times just thinking about the fact of what he's been here, been through here at Washington and Whittier, um, and then the the next chapter that he's moving into over at Jefferson. So we're really excited about this conversa conversation that we had. We hope you enjoy. This is The Warrior Way. Okay, let's welcome in our guest for this week's episode. To this week, I'm joined by my good friend and longtime WHS coach at Washington and the newly named head boys basketball coach at Jefferson High School, Mr. Tim Reck. Tim, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so we have a lot of stuff to get to, and I'm really excited about this, uh, well, 45 to 50 minutes that we're going to try to jam-pack with great information. But before we get to anything Washington-related, I just want to ask, what have the last three to three and a half weeks been like for you and for your family? Uh, well, it's it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Um, uh, with everything that's going on, the changes that are going on with me and my family, it's been it's been crazy, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, everything started uh, before our Sweet 16 game, um, when I had the first interview at Jefferson. Um, was fortunate enough to get a second interview at, at Jefferson um, just before uh, state tournament, and then at the interview they said they weren't going to do anything until after the state tournament. Uh, they said because we had people that had uh, teams competing and they wanted to respect that, which I, I appreciated greatly. And then, uh, you know, go out to the state tournament, have a really good state tournament, um, enjoyed the time out there with everybody. And suddenly, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, after trying to wake up from getting home at 3 o'clock in the morning from Rapid City, I get a phone call from Mr. Conrad says, hey, uh, you want to meet out at Jefferson? And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So it was pretty fun. Uh, but ever since the announcement came out and and things like that, yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Have you have you fully digested? Because now you're coaching track, you know. So yep. you're teaching, you're coaching still, and obviously we know that you know track is intense, but it's not as intense as when you get into the heart of basketball season and you're doing the scouting, you're doing the you know game prep and everything. But um, has it truly sunk in yet? The 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 month that you've had. I'm not sure it has yet. Um, it still feels weird calling myself a head coach right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, yeah, it's 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 getting there. Uh, knowing that um, I'm closer to having a staff 
um, that I can we can bounce ideas off each other. And I don't think it'll be real until we walk into the building for the first time. And I, I bet the thing that's driving you crazy right now is, like you said, you don't have the staff to bounce ideas off of, so you're bouncing ideas off your own head. <laughs> so that never ends well for, for a coach trying to figure things out ourselves, we know. so Exactly. Um, let's, let's get into just talking before we go, I want to take it back to kind of where it started for you and how you've gotten to this point. Um, our boys basketball team this year was a really special group. Um, and you talked about the state tournament, um, and it, and it was a very successful state tournament, even though, you know, it's easy to say it's not successful if you don't win it. Absolutely. It was a great state tournament. However, um, we had a really special group of guys. What was this group like to coach? Wow. They, they, um, fun, exciting. Uh, they were determined every day. Um, uh, goofy at times. I mean, they were just, but they were, they were brothers. They were family. Um, they had highs and lows, even though it didn't look like it. Um, and they, they just performed every night and, and they didn't care. They didn't care who scored. Um, and that was, that was what, what was so much fun. They just played. I think that that was the, the thing that, was so noticeable, especially through the streak that we had for the first, was it 14 games? Yeah. Um, it was just such unselfish basketball and such um, just a, a brotherhood that you saw covering up for each other, you know, not caring who gets credit, just wanting to win basketball games. And I remember when we had Eli in for an episode before Christmas and his, he said his goal was he wanted to win three games before Christmas. And when he said that, I'm thinking that's a great goal, but that was Roosevelt. That was um, here. I think it was Huron, Huron, and it was maybe Yankton. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, geez, Eli, that's a pretty lofty goal for you know three really you know two really really tough t opponents before Christmas, and then you went and did it, and he just turned three into fourteen, which was yeah. was, a, was a good uh, streak to have. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with him before the season started because you know Eli is Eli's one of those kids where. 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I'll get a text, coach with a question mark behind it. Like, are you awake? And so I always text back, yes. And he goes, what, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you, you know, he would want to know the coaching side of it and things like that. And I said, you know, Eli, I said, if we go two and one before Christmas, that's going to be really good. And, uh, and then he said, coach, I want to go three and oh. Game on. Here we go. Yep. That was fun. Yep. And when you have that kind of mentality, it makes it really fun for a coach. That's Absolutely. For sure. Yes. So let's go all the way back to um, kind of where it started for you, just for the listeners that may know your career at Washington or know a little bit of your career at Washington. Let's take it back even further and kind of just um, track your journey. So where and when did it start and what are some of your early memory, earliest, earliest memories coaching um, in your career? Well, it started all the way back in college. I actually was uh, a C and D girls basketball coach down in Vermilion, and I was the assistant C and D basketball coach, um, and that was that was interesting. So I didn't know what I was doing at anything, and and I uh, had a great great person working with me there. Um, her name is Tammy Blake. She's uh, up in uh, Fargo right now, and so we're still good friends. Um, Moved to Sioux Falls, uh, ended up getting the freshman boys job at Roosevelt High School. Um, that was back in uh, 1998. So doing the math, that's a long time ago. Um, was with Bob Wilbur over there. Uh, that was at the time when the seasons were still separate, or the girls and boys seasons were separate. So 
Um, that was interesting. And then when they decided to change the seasons, Larry Toft was our <clears throat> sophomore coach, and he ended up staying with the girls' program and coaching with Coach Tibbetts. I moved up to the sophomore position, and then I was there until um, Bob resigned um, when, when he was done, and we had a good 10 years together. Um, applied for that job, didn't get it. Moved over here to Washington High School as a volunteer assistant for Coach Trett for three years. Um, learned a ton from Coach Trett. Um, and it was a different style than the way Bob did it. So it was good to see both, both styles. Um, Coach Trett resigns. Uh, Craig gets hired. I applied for this one, didn't get that one. Craig gets hired. Um, fortunate enough that Craig wanted to keep me on staff. Uh, was the JV coach, and I've been here ever since. Okay, so um, I want you to talk about the three varying coaching styles that you, you've been under um, and that you saw. We had Tread on a while back. Uh, we talked about his unique coaching style, um, you know, experiences of being in a wheelchair and having to be pulled off the court um, to get out of the ref's way. What were the three varying coaching styles that you've coached under? Well, with, with Bob... Um, he taught me about relationships. I mean, me, me and my first high school job, uh, he taught me greatly about um, how to build relationships with kids. Um, and, I, and I've kept that. Um, Coach Trett was, everything was moving at a fast pace. I mean, we would start a drill and all of a sudden we'd be doing another drill and I'd look at the practice plan and I'd be like, I did, I, we were supposed to go longer on that drill, you know, because I was still, still learning. And then with Craig, Craig was great with, with breaking things down. That's where I learned, you know, breaking shooting down, breaking everything down into individual skills and how to make the individual player better. So going into the job at Jefferson now, it's, it's, I gotta, I'm bringing all those three experiences with me and, you know, it, <clears throat> it's going to be awesome. I think I know the answer to this, but, and you were kind of going to touch on it. What do you see your coaching style being like in the head coaching role now that you have, um, you know, Coach Wilbur's, um, you know, memory of your earliest memories of being under him as a coach. And then, you know, Trett with the, um, you know, really active sideline antics. And then you've go to from, it had to be a shock going from Trett to Coach Nelson because, um, I, you know, I've been asked whether sometimes Coach Nelson's even interested in the basketball game because he just stands there and just seems to watch the game. But, um, you know, what do you see your coaching style being like? Well, I can tell you right now, my coaching style has changed as I've gotten older. Um, I can remember being at Roosevelt. I was coaching every pass. I was coaching every dribble. I was coaching all that stuff. Uh, and, and finally, Bob came up to me and said, you know, they know how to do all that stuff. Just trust them. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should. And then uh, being with Jim, I mean, he, he was fired up, but it was in a good way. He was just so happy. Uh, he just loved the game so much that uh, yeah, it was fun to get back and get bring that energy. And then, and then with Craig, you're right. He was very at times where uh, he was. You'd see stoic, and and people would ask me too. You guys just won. He doesn't look very happy. I said, well, he's happy, but it, it, he's professional, and he doesn't want to make it look like he is uh, showing anybody up or things like that. I said, but we get back in the locker room, and he's a totally different person. And so, yeah, I think it'll be a combination of all of those. Um, I also believe greatly, and this I learned from Craig, um, your team reacts how you react on the sideline. 
So I got to stay calm and in, in, in tense situations, be excited when it's it is time to be excited, but also, you know, it's not an arrogance in any type. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> it's important to note, like you just said, they react how you react and they don't react how you don't react. And, and if Correct. you don't yes. want, you know, if you don't want your players to act a certain way, well, you're modeling, you're modeling it for them the whole time you're pacing the sideline. Um, and I think that people would know why Craig acts the way he does if they knew the kind of guys that he played under with Coach Correct. Meyer and with yeah, his dad 100%. and with his grandpa. You know, I yep. think that um, he's a very um, he's a, he's a he replicates that very closely who he's coached under. So. Um, okay, let's talk about Washington a little bit, the special place that you've been a part of, both um, with basketball, with track, and with um, you know Gabby and Emma going through here, and your ties to Washington are so close. What year did you come over to Washington? I was over here 2011. 2011. And Coach Trett retired in 2012-13, correct? Correct. Okay. So, yeah, I was here 9, 10, 10, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was here for his last year. Okay. Um, what have been some of the, just a couple of the most memorable experiences that you can recall off the top of your head? Um, and what, in your mind, separates this place from the other places that you've been a part of? Um, obviously, being in um, two cha state championship games um, was pretty special. Mm -hmm. uh, Coaching with Trett was was really special. Actually, being shocked when he when he um, stepped down because we were out at the state tournament and um, we we had just finished playing a game. Uh, Joy Heptmerium, Justin, his son, went up and did the the media thing because they had like the NCAA stuff where the coaches would go up and do a, a media up in a room and all that stuff. And he comes down and he goes, "Guys, I'm done. I just coached my last game." And Coach Eric Smith and I looked at each other and we said, seriously? He goes, yep, I'm done. He hadn't voiced anything to you guys prior to that? Not, not to me. Now, he may have talked to Eric uh, a little bit more, but he, he had said nothing to anybody else. And I was like, holy cow. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you letting me be a part of this and all that stuff. So that, that really was a, was a shock. Um, but then, yeah, being part of those two um, uh, state championship games, uh, even though they, we got second in both of them, um, watching those guys play, I mean, they reminded me a lot of this year's crew. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, just just being a part of everything here at Washington, it's been awesome. When you um, when you applied for Trett's job mm -hmm. and ended up that Craig came in and got it, um, I think it says a lot about you and the loyalty that you have, not only to your school, but you know the teams that you were going to be part of, and just being part of something bigger than yourself. Was it difficult to accept the role of being an assistant on, you know, a staff where you wanted that job and you didn't get it? And you, was it hard to remain part of it even after not getting it? You know, once the initial sting wore off, um, Craig called me and said, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about, you know, being a part of the staff. And I remember it. We, we sat in the conference room up here and we ended up talking for almost an hour and a half just about basketball how he saw things, that, how he wanted to run them, and I just got excited. I mean, I, I knew there was going to be um, discipline which and accountability, which there was with, with Coach Trett, too. Um, but it was just when he started talking how he wanted to go, and we were bouncing ideas off each other, and, and he's like, 
I don't know how it works in the Sioux Falls School District. And I said, well, I can help you. I've been here forever. Um, it, it was just, wow, we, we just clicked. And uh, that, that was pretty cool. Was, um, I want to just ask this. So then, you know, Craig's first year comes in. And obviously, you know, that year was just trying to figure things out. You had a lot of new players yeah. trying to figure out new schemes, new ways of doing things. Um, and then the second year you come back and, and you kind of make a mini run in the state tournament. What did you guys yeah. end up getting that first year at state when Craig? We got third. Got third. Um, and that was when a player who named, named Dengu, who was pretty good, um, kind of came into his own that second half of the year. What was the experience like when Deng showed up at Washington? And then what were the experiences like? Because for the longest time, you guys, I remember saying, before that was the year before I came, that you guys were wondering if Deng was – okay and healthy because there were times when he wasn't making it up the court up and down the court and practice kind of talk about the experience of Deng coming how that changed the complexity of the program well I I remember that day yeah it was crazy so um I come to practice and and Craig goes hey we got this kid from Fargo coming in um I got a call from the coach up there said he's coming down he's really raw but he's really athletic and stuff like that he's he's in the counseling office right now and stuff like that so we, uh, he comes into the gym and we talk to him. He walks in and I mean, here comes six eight, which you know as well as I do, you can't coach six eight. Um, so he walks in and and we kind of are talking to him and and he's pretty shy. You know, he's learning everything new. He walks in the gym and everybody's like, okay, we got. So we throw him a ball and, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not, nobody's going to say anything now. But we were doing some post drills and Austin Hines. Um, is is playing and said, hey, dang, I'm just going to throw you a ball. We're going to drop step Austin, show him what's going on. So I throw the ball to Austin, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, dang, I said, dang, you think you can do it? He goes, yeah, I can do that. So we throw it to him, and he drop step two-hand dunks right there. And the whole gym just stopped. And I literally turned to our basketball managers and said, yeah, go get a practice jersey for him. And um, he's on the team. Get that guy a water bottle. Get that guy a water bottle. Get everything he needs. He, he, yeah. Th- that was the end of the tryout right there. Did you tell Heinz to go and do the same thing Deng just did? Um, Heinz just stood there and went, I can't do that yet. <laughs> For all so. the listeners, we have a, a guest joining us. His name is Grant Scout, and he had uh, attended some family stuff before he got here this morning. So, um, Coach Scout, and thanks so much for joining. Hey, glad to be here. You joined at a really good time. We're reminiscing on some uh, some good basketball Dengu memories. So, um, and then what was the deal with um, yeah Deng? Um, after you guys got into you know part way into the season with him joining, he w- didn't look like he was totally healthy or totally um, you know able to get up and down the court. Right. We ended up finding out he was anemic. Okay. Um, so we we got that taken care of, and you know towards the end of the season he started feeling a lot better and that's when we went out to uh rapid city and ended up uh, getting third out there okay that. i remember i remember hearing that and i couldn't remember exactly what it was but yep. um what have been you said the state championships and obviously i was lucky that was my first and second year when i came in and being part of those and um, I was pretty spoiled that first couple of years because you, you shouldn't be able to come in and I was a volunteer and then you just get to go to a state tournament and you automatically assume that's how things are and that's not the case at all. Not you don't just all. get to go to a state championship. Um, but who were some of the most notable names um, coaching-wise that you look back and you feel really blessed and lucky to have been able to coach? Uh, here at Washington? Yep. Oh, boy. 
Um, and you can go all the way back to, you know, Coach Trett or even to your Roosevelt days. Who are some of just – we have players that challenge us as coaches because they want to learn. You know, I think Eli's right. one. Eli, one, you said, text you at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Coach, what do we have to do? What do I need to do to right. prepare? Who are some of those notable names that you can kind of see in the same light? Uh, well, going back to my Roosevelt days, obviously Joe Krabenhoff. Um, he was a study of the game. And obviously now being at Wisconsin, you kind of see why he was doing what he was doing. Um, you know, Preston Evans played for us at, at Roosevelt, ended up playing football at NDSU. Um, he was he had just a motor and 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 things like that. Um, I didn't know that he played basketball. He did. Really? He did. Okay. And, I'll, and I'll tell you this much. He was the original Seth Benson. Okay. That I've coached. I mean, there wasn't a rebound he wouldn't go after. There wasn't a screen he loved to set. If it was a loose ball, you just let him go get it because you were going to get rolled. I bet he loved setting flare screens when he got to kind of blind, not not blindside somebody, oh, but yeah. just he, set up behind somebody not knowing they were there. Yeah, he loved it. He loved that stuff. Um, so th then that, I mean, Anthony Cordova um, played at SDSU. Um, uh, he's He was a great kid to, to coach, still keep in contact with him. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, coming over here, you know, Joy Habtamarium um, kind of, was one of the first ones that I was like, no, no, there's a point guard. Um, he, he could really do some things. I Before you go on to the next person, I hear his name all the time, um, and you say it a lot, but also other people. Describe his game for me to better understand it. Um, because he's doing some, some skill yeah. workout stuff now. Is it like Haptomerium yeah, Basketball he, Academy and, or something? I, mean, he, I think he's he's like – under Bartlett's umbrella or sure. something like I'm not sure exactly how that all worked out. But, well, I'll compare him to um, MK mm -hmm. from this year. Uh, very same stat, you know, built about the same. Both of them are cat-like, you know, cat-quick. Um, Joey, Joey had one of the sweetest pull-up jumpers that you, I mean, if, if he was driving on you and he had you backpedaling, he'd just pull up right now and hit a jumper. And, and it was it was in. I mean, when he would pull up, it was in. Uh, I would say MK probably shoots a three a little better, but they were both really, really good ball handlers and just commanded the court. Mm -hmm. um, Joey was one of those, and in and, and Joey's respect also, I would uh, compare him to Sam, where he could see, Sam Saganos, where he could see two or three passes ahead. And there were a lot of times we'd be like, how did he see that? How did he do that? Um, and those are just things you can't coach. He just had instincts. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that was cool. Okay. So, um, then obviously Sam, Dane, Carter, Logan Utec, Topher Zahn, you know, we're seeing those kids and Austin Hines, even though I'm going to be cheering against him this weekend when I go up to the NDSU, SDSU football game. Yep. But yeah, those he are. He can handle it. He's a big yeah, guy. Yeah, he'll, he'll handle it. So. No, I think that those, the, the players that you just listed, um, they all have one main thing in common is they're, they're. They're all ultra competitive, but they all, it's almost like they all didn't know how good they were. They always wanted to find a way to get better, to make our teams better. They understood um, their roles. They understood what they brought to the table, but they were never satisfied with what they were bringing to the table. You know, they always wanted to get in the gym extra. They always wanted to find extra things in practice to be able to do, to help. Um, we were just never satisfied, and that ultimately leads to a lot of success. And the, the other thing that every one of those kids had, had in common was, one, they bought into Craig's system. They all believed in the team first. They never cared who scored, not once. 
and they were happy when when they had more assists or whatever. But, I mean, even, yeah, when someone else was the scoring leader for the night, they were just so happy because all they cared about was team success and winning basketball games and having fun and representing Washington in the right way. Yep. And you may not be able to give too much of this out currently, but what do you hope to kind of be the staples of your program at Jefferson? You know, just a couple of words. What what are you going to bring? You said Craig brings team attitude, you know, unselfishness. What types of things are you going to preach in your program? Uh, very similar. We're going we're gonna to have team attitude. Um, we're going to be held accountable for our actions. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very similar to what Washington has because that's been successful mm-hmm. and that's what I've known lately. Uh, but also incorporating the things from, like we talked about earlier, Jim and, and Bob and things like that. And I have five pillars that we're going to talk about, um, that, you know, I think are very similar to what we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of found from, you know, if you, and actually they come from the university of Virginia, um, and so I just changed one of the things that was in there, um, and and it's going to be it, it fits also with the model that we have out of Jefferson. Sure. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Um, I just thought that we have to talk about this um, because we've got a current Whittier Wolverine and a former Whittier Wolverine. You're going to be leaving the Wolverines to head over to be a Cavalier. Not only going to be leaving uh, be, be leaving being a Warrior, but a, a Wolverine as well. Um, talk about your guys' experience at Whittier. Um, you know, what do you, um, you know, what have you valued most about your experience teaching at Whittier, and what do you remember back, uh, Grant, as well? And and what can you say about the Wolverines? Well, the first thing I'll say is um, that started the family um, because that's what they are. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's going to be hard. But looking forward to the next step. Um, Diversity, big time. So those are the things I'll miss. Yep. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off what you're saying there, Tim, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, when I came to Washington from Whittier, it's it was almost not really that big of a change because, I mean, everything that we did at Whittier was all about a great culture there, being a family at Whittier and everything, and Washington just pretty much was the exact same thing with it. So – um, it's really no surprise to me, and I'm sure to you, Tim, that kids from Whittier thrive here at Washington because it's pretty much just going to a bigger school but the same attitudes all around with the culture. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, th- those. I think what we do at Whittier prepares them for how it's going to be here at Washington as far as um, family and culture and things like that. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we wanted to send our kids there. Um that's the real world over there. That's how it's going to be when they get out of get out of high school, when they leave Washington or wherever they go. Um, they're going to have to deal with all of that. And, you know, I, I see it in my daughter right now when she's up at NDSU. Um, she is able to handle situations way better than some of the people up there going, obviously, from her perspective when she tells us what's going on. And, and she says that, too, that it's from being at Washington and Whittier. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. Like I said, it's going to be hard to leave. Um, I do know this. Uh, when I did get hired over at, at Jefferson, um, I asked them, I flat out asked Dan and Chad, I said, is your goal to make Jefferson the Washington of the West Side? And they said, you got it. So it, it'll be fun to create that culture over there. 
not saying it needs to start from ground zero because there are some great people that are going to be there uh, in the building, but it'll be fun to actually create that culture because we know what the end product w we want it to be. So. so we always talk about the circle of courage, um, and, and you guys and, and Tim, you especially, have had a great experience being at Whittier and then coaching over here at Washington, kind of getting the best of both worlds. Um, we always talk about belonging. How do you feel like both schools prep and do a great job of making students from very diverse backgrounds feel like they belong under the same roof? Um, you know, the biggest thing right away that pops into my head is all the stuff we do in pro times to get to know each other, um, to get to know backgrounds. Um, I was lucky enough this year at, Whitt at Whittier to be on the culture squad. That's what we call ourselves. And we have um, our teachers from different backgrounds that we all come together. And, and I was uh, lucky enough to be on that committee. And we had an actual culture day where um, we actually taught di about different cultures. And then we had kids come in their, their authentic dress and, and things like that. And, and it was really cool. Um, you could tell the kids who may not have wanted to talk about their culture really feel a sense of pride of, hey, now I get to show everybody what it's like at my house when I'm not at school. Um, so th that was really cool. The kids loved it. And, and then the staff the got into it as well. Yeah. I was going to say, typically I've heard on culture days, um, food is involved. However, I would guess this year with our unfortunate situation, you didn't get to experience um, some cultural food. Did not get to experience cultural food, but they did. Uh, some teachers taught cultural dances. Um, we played cultural games, like I know they played uh, games in PE. I played different board games in my room from different cultures. So that was interesting. And it's really interesting how the games are similar. It's just the vocabulary is different. <laughs> yep. But a lot of the, the, oh, this reminds me of this game. Like we, you know, I played a game with, with marbles and, and things like that. I said, oh, I remember playing a game like this. My parents called it Wahoo, which was, you know, moving marbles around the board, and we did the exact same thing because um, for the culture that we had. Did you guys get Coach Janish to dance? You know, I'm not sure if Coach Janish actually danced down there, but I know he was pretty intense, and I think they played lacrosse down in the gym. So, I, th you know, he was pretty intense down there. Yeah. Um, and then the second piece I want to touch on with the, the Circle of Courage is independence. Um, we've kind of spoken about it already. Um, how do you feel that Whittier, but also Washington and what we do in our, our, our basketball and track programs? And you've had two daughters go through here. Gabby's up at NDSU, and Emma's choosing a great school next year and going to Northern State um, to be a teacher, right? <laughs> Correct, yes. Um, and so really proud of her, too. But anyway, um, how do you feel like we here at Washington um, just do a great job of prepping um, and, and making students feel confident in the next step that they're about to embark on independently? Um, I'll speak of Gabby first. Um, she's taken a couple. For, she's probably really mad that she's not be able to be here and be on the podcast with you. I'm just telling you right now, you two will probably get a message from her. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that. Um, she has gone up to uh, NDSU and just said, you know, they're having us do stuff that we did at, at Washington. So I, this has been a great thing that she's been prepared because she can relate back to what she did here at, at Washington, and it can carry over up into college, um, and and that's been reassuring as a as a dad, you know, knowing that she is one retaining the information, uh, 
too, but that she's she's applying it, and that that's been cool to see. Uh, Emma, you know her her deciding to become a teacher um, speaks to the teachers here at Washington on how they've encouraged her, um, and and she's excited about it. Uh, I'm excited for her. Her mom's excited for her. Um, but you know, growing up with two teachers in the house, we tried to steer her a different way. I'm not going to lie. Um, but she's just like, no, she, she likes relating to the, to, to kids. Um, she's mentoring here at Washington. We, she comes home every day, um, talks about what the, what she's been doing and how she can apply that. So yeah, it, it's going to be pretty exciting. Why'd you guys try to see her a different direction? Oh, uh, you know, you always, you always want, uh, something for your kids to do where they can be secure in, in what they do. And, it took my wife and I a while, and we want, we want them to not have to do some of the things that we had to do. Um, to kind of go back a little bit to belonging, I uh, kind of want our listeners, and I apologize if you guys talked about this when I was gone um, already, but uh, a lot of people, Tim, with you maybe just seen you on the sideline, may think of you as this kind of tougher coach, more you kind of get the – rep sometimes, I think we say red in the face wreck, you know, kind of like that. But for those who you've let into your world and everything, and I'm lucky enough to be included in that, is I've seen the relationships that you create with your athletes, not only during the time they're here, but I mean, I've been on the golf course with almost every single one of those athletes you said, like you would do a great job at staying in touch and you do truly have a kind and caring heart. So I just want you to talk a little bit about how you as a coach create such great relationships and keep those relationships going? Uh, well, it's, it starts with just getting to know them, um, finding out what their interests are outside of, outside of basketball, um, and then keeping in contact with them. Um, I forget who told me this. I know it was uh, a college coach. I don't know actually. It might have been actually Coach Meyer when I met him when I was doing the summer circuit. Um, one of the things that he told me was, and I, I'm pretty sure it was him, you know, find out when their birthdays are and then just text them happy birthday. Um, that has been huge. Uh, and it's even been with some players who probably didn't have the experience they thought they were going to have here at Washington. Um, and, and I'll text them, Hey, happy birthday. I have it saved in my phone. The reminder comes up. Um, and they're always like, hey, th thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. And it really came back to when I got the job at Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And I got, oh, my God, the text messages and emails and stuff like that from people I hadn't heard of, heard from in years. That was cool. Um, but, yeah, be, just building relationships with those guys. And, you know, I do have a competitive side, so it's always fun when they come back into town and we go out to the golf course and, you know, there might be a little trash talking going on, Topher's on, um, when we get on the golf course. But it's it, that's that's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I think that um, you do a tremendous job of just making an, a con concerted effort to stay in touch with people. I, and I think they recognize and feel that. That's why they're the, you know, you're the one that they want to get in touch with when they come back and they want to, you know, go golf, go bowl, go do something because 
well, let's be, be honest, the ones that we gravitate toward are also competitive. So when they come back, it's yeah. easy to say, well, let's go be competitive together, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, there's a quote, and I'm going to botch the exactness of it, but, you know, as a coach, um, you know, I always keep in mind and, and really, as a teacher too, um, it's really important for me, but I think of you when I hear it is, you know, our athletes and our students are only going to remember a portion of what we say but they're always going to remember how we made them feel. Yep. Um, and I think that you are, you embody that very well of, yeah, I'm going to get on you and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you know what you did wrong. But later on in the locker room, I'm going to come grab you and, you know, you know, put you in a little arm lock and say, you know, I love you. Yep. Um, and I think that that's, you know, what athletes will, will also say. Well, and, and, you know, kind of a cool story that goes along with that. I'm sitting in my classroom the other day, and l- literally this happened the end of last week, and and uh, kids are working on a project, and uh, all of a sudden my phone rings. It's a FaceTime call. It's from Dang. And I went, hey, guys, you keep working. I'm taking this call. Mm-hmm. And so it was FaceTime. He called me from Denmark, uh, congratulated me. We talked for about 10 minutes. And the, the kids are like, well, who was that? And well, uh, to describe my classroom, I have either pennants, flags, or pictures of people who I've coached who have gone on. I said, he's the guy in the poster up there. And they're like, which one? And I'm like, number 23, because I have an NDSU poster up there. And so then, of course, everybody runs up to the wall to see who he is. And they ask hundreds of questions about him. Uh, you know, does he speak Danish? I, I don't know. I don't know if he can or not right now. He probably learned it, you know, stuff like that. But it was it was pretty cool. And then then they're like, well, you got any highlights of him? So I, I yeah, I pull up highlights of him from YouTube and things like that. And so they're like, you really coached him? I said, well, yeah, I did. He just taught, you know, I think it's normal because of the relationships that I built. Those kids are like, oh, my gosh, you know, a professional basketball player, um, you know, so it's. It's cool, uh, but to me, it's it's just life. That's how it's how you treat people, mm-hmm. and yeah, I do have to talk to you know. Going back to yeah, I'm passionate about the game, and yes, the other quote that people like to use about me, Mike, Mike Holstein in particular, uh, Fifty Shades of Red, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Wreck. Um, yeah, I get red in the face, I get excited, and and things like that. But uh, you know, it 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 comes from a heart. I think that, that I think that it's been the great balancing act of your role these last um, umpteen years while you've been under Craig. Is Craig's the the stern, stoic, um, you know, not reactional type coach, and and you're the guy there that's showing some emotion. And you know, players need that. Players need that fuel and that juice to to feel prepared for the next part of a game or the second half of a game after it didn't go well first. You know, the first half. And I, and I actually appreciate Craig allowing me to be that way. Uh, to be able to show my my passion and when things aren't going where I think they need to be because of how he wants it taught you know there's the talking part of it and if they still don't get it there's got to be another approach to wake them up a little bit and I I I was okay with that role Mm -hmm. before we get to our draft because I know we have some things we have to do um I just want you to answer the question of as you transition over to Jefferson and you leave a lot of well you get rid of a lot of black and orange clothes, I'm guessing. Um, Grant should know. He's got some of them. Yeah, I can imagine. Have you found? Have you had to find like five or six people to give all your guys' 
some of your clothes too. I'm sure you'll keep some, but I have I have enough to get through track season. Yeah. Um, as of right now, uh, Grant came over, and uh, another good friend of ours, Jordan Hess, came over, and literally I had it laying all out, and they thankfully took quite a bit of it. Um, as I'm going through the house some more, I have another pile that they can go through of things. So it has all been washed. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Kristen got on that re- really quickly. <laughs> um, but as you transition and you and you add more green and gold into your lifestyle, um, as you look back on this last chapter and and it, you know, you you spoke it. I think it was in the article with Argus Leader. You know, it was your time. Everything yeah. just came together at the right time. Um, and you've gone through a lot of times that you easily could have said, "I'm done with this. Like I don't, I don't want to be. I want to do something else. I want to go somewhere else." But we know that's not who you are because you are a coach and a teacher. Um, what do you hope that your players and Washington in general, the community, remember about Tim Reck um, as you move on to this next part and chapter in your life? Wow. I haven't thought of that. Um, I would say that I was genuine. That, um, yeah, I probably chewed your kid out more than once. Um but it was never, it was never personal. Um, but that I was genuine and I truly did care about everybody that I coached, whether they were an all-stater to the person who didn't get to play as much as they wanted to. Um, so that that that's what I hope. They were going to get authentic Tim Rack, that's for sure. Yeah, and and I think a really um, important piece of coaching in general, and you always, because I know as a volunteer, I was always, you know, in my first years of coaching, and I'm sure you did it under Coach Wilbur too. I'm trying to soak up every piece of coaching from every person on a staff that I could. You had an impeccable way of making um, the all-stater all the way down to um, the twelfth guy with a varsity jersey feel like they were an important part of the team. I hope so. That that was my goal, yep. and I and I want to carry that over because you can't have a good team unless everybody that has that uniform on is is on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never easy to do because everybody has their own individual goals and wishes and dreams, um, but you got to understand it's part of the process, um, and that that's going to be one of the hard things as a head coach, um, making sure that everybody understands their role, even if they don't like it. And that's where uh, having good assistance um, is so important. Yep. So. Agreed. Anything to add before we get to our draft, Coach Scouten? No, I'm really glad you asked that last question because that's actually what I was going to end up asking. I was going to ask something very similar about what you wanted your legacy to be here. And I think that you, I think through and through, Tim, have shown that you've been authentic the whole time while you've been a coach at Washington. you kind of said it to Jeff about uh, um, absorbing just coaching knowledge from everyone. And I can be honest, in my few years of coaching, I know we've had many talks around your kitchen table about just coaching and different stuff with it. So, And I know those will probably continue as well. Oh, so. yeah. I, I <laughs> hope so. Just because I'm on the other side of town doesn't mean the door's shut. Just know that I will always be rooting for you unless you're playing Washington. So. I, I, and I, will be, I will be rooting for Washington. In fact... Um, when, when I told the team um, on Tuesday that, that I was taking the Jefferson job, um, I said to them, you better trash talk me <laughs> when you come over uh, because I know it will be from the heart. Yep. Yes. I'm sure a nook will have no 
no problem oh, trash he was talking very, he was Coach very Rex. excited he was very excited you just gave him a green light that yeah, he should I did. not I have gave him, i gave him the green light to talk and that <laughs> not that he needed yeah. it but <laughs> we need to put a little caution tape up because he will go after the uh the trash talking any chance he gets absolutely but and like i said i know it's going to be from the heart i expect it um yeah it'll it'll be fun that'll be fun that'll be awesome okay we better get to our draft Um, Grant, I know you're really, really worried about this since he, we have, for the listeners, we have no idea, Grant and I, what Tim has up his sleeve for this draft. We are, yeah, we are in, going in completely blind and what, Tim has been rubbing it in our faces, just holding this close to him. Well, here, here's a little insight. Um, I don't know if people know this about my family and I, but we are really, really huge Olympic followers. Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, um, things like that. So it has to do, and I did, Grant, I have to apologize. I gave Jeff one small clue. I don't think it helped him. No, it didn't do me any good. Did you give it to him before the show? or? I gave it to him at practice the other day. Yeah. Okay, so are you going to share it right now? The clue was rings. Oh, yeah. That would have done nothing. Absolutely. (laughs) That's all you gave. It It, it It makes sense now that you're saying Olympics. Yeah. So the Olympic rings. Okay. So, and I'm coaching track right now, and I'm lucky enough to coach with you, Jeff. And Grant, I've coached track with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you were an athlete in college as well, Grant. So, top five Olympic track athletes. You're getting the phone out? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yep. I'm, I'm going to have to do a little bit of looking. I know a few, but I don't know if I know enough for five. And I'm just going to tell you right now, mine are, um, they are not recent. Well, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> so with our draft, you know this, guest always goes first. Okay, and then we'll go Grant, myself, we'll snake it. I'll get two choices back to you. Sure. We're going top five. I've got a decent list here now. Okay. Um, Tim, who are you taking number one? Well, being from South Dakota, you got to take Billy, Billy Mills. Mills. Yep. So he's my number one. Easy pick. All right, Grant. Uh, okay. So my first pick, um, and I'm yeah, I literally have a list in front of me, so I'm just looking at these names. Um, I'm gonna go with Carl Lewis as my first pick. Okay. My number one pick is Michael Johnson. Mm. I always loved growing up watching him in the 200 and how he had that kind of uh, lean back running style, and um, he was pretty fast, too. Now, that's not to be confused with... Not our Michael Johnson. Not our currently. Michael Johnson, even no, though he's pretty fast. Not quite as fast. Not, it's not our Michael Johnson, correct? If, if Michael comes out tomorrow and runs a 19-8-200, we might change, we that. Might change it to All that right. Michael Johnson. All right. yep. I, I just... Because I, he, was, he was on my list. He was my number two. So I just, you know, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this person. Um, Are you going right now? Oh, no, it's your fault. My fault, my fault. See, I'm going to take the guy that you just were going to say. I don't think so. Probably not. Okay, my number two pick, I have to go with Usain Bolt. Have to. Can't leave him on the board. Um, My second pick, uh, I'm going to take Allison Felix with mine. I, I actually. I remember watching her run. I think she, was she a four hundred runner? She runs the two and the four. Two and four, okay. Because I remember watching her back in the day. 
Grant, I'm very upset with you right now because that was going to be my next pick. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. I've got a few here. Um, so now I get two, correct? Yes. You get two. All right. So um, I don't know how many people know this, but I'm, I'm going or, or know this person. But we had, this person actually has ties to Washington High School. Hmm. Um, I'm going with Jackie Joyner-Kersey. I was just looking at her. Yes. <laughs> yes. In fact, we have her two nieces on our track team. So that's that's my that's my number 2 pick. And then, and then get another one too. I get another one. Um and I'm going with with uh, another another lady here uh who I enjoy watching. I follow her on Instagram and things like that. Lolo Jones. Mm. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. Jackie Joyner Kersey her 1988 heptathlon gold set a record with 7,291 points, a record that still stands today. That's really impressive. Yeah. Holy cow. Yep. That's a lot of points. God, you are doing your research over there. <laughs> Is it my pick? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Jesse Owens hasn't been said yet, has he? No. Okay. So I'm going to take Jesse Owens with my next pick. Okay. All right. I have two. Well, for some reason, I've always really enjoyed. I've enjoyed the sprints just because I was a sprinter. So the Michael Johnson pick, the Usain Bolt pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Justin Gatlin. Um, Good I know choice. that he, I know that he maybe hasn't had the accolades because obviously when you're running against Usain Bolt, you're yeah. not gonna have as many accolades. But I've always really enjoyed Justin Gatlin running. So that's my next pick. Um, and then, gosh, kind of struggling after that one. Um, is this controversial if I choose Marion Jones? No, she was an Olympic athlete. I know, but wasn't she surrounded she by also, some, some – She also got in some trouble. Some trouble. Yeah. But she was one that I remember growing up that I always really enjoyed oh, yeah. watching too. So I'm going to choose Marion Jones, and I'll just take on all the controversy. <laughs> uh, for my next one, uh, being a distance runner – Back in the day, I'm going to take Galen Rupp. Oh, sure. Um, so I well, know. and why else would you take him? Right. Oh, he is a Michigan guy. He is he? a Michigan that's right. guy. Right, he is a Michigan guy. I forgot about Jeez, that. Those things just come together perfectly. Oh, don't that's they? weird how that happens, huh? <laughs> so yeah, Galen Rupp will be my. Is that my fourth one, right? I've I've chosen four. Yeah, so that'd so be that your fourth. fourth. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I have two. Correct. You have two. Finishing have out two. your draft board. Finishing out my draft board. Well. Um, being a 400 runner in college, um, and this this person actually you know was a trendsetter. I'm going to go with Kathy Freeman, and the reason I'm choosing her is she was the first Aboriginal track athlete from Australia and ended up winning uh, the gold medal. So okay. I'm taking that one, and then I would be remiss um, if I did not stay in the the one family with. Uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey, I'm going to go with Flojo, Florence Griffith Joyner. Okay. Where they were sisters in law. Very good. Good picks, good picks. I have nothing to dispute with that. You know a lot more about the information of those people than I do. So. I said Olympic, you know, my wife and I are big into the Olympics. I actually have a signed uh, picture and things from Jackie Joyner Kersey. Um, so I've, I've followed her career uh, for a long time. Okay. All right, your last pick, Grant. You ready for it? Um, yeah, I'm just scrolling through my list over here with it. Uh, I'm going to go with Jim Thorpe. Gosh, that was <laughs> Was it? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going with Jim Thorpe for my last one. 
All right. And I was hoping you explain why so I can look at mine a little bit longer. Fine. I'm going to go to, okay, so the list that I'm on, Jim Thorpe was 19. So I'm scrolling a little bit more. And since I coached long and triple jump at Washington, I'm going to go with the 22nd person on this list named Bob Beeman. Oh, yeah. And I have no idea why besides the fact that he's a long jump um, he used Olympic to be the athlete. World record holder. Says he won the won one gold medal in 1968. Um, yeah, he was final jump 8.9 meters or 29 feet two and a half inches. That is a really long ways. Yeah. <laughs> Broke the previous world record by almost two feet. Yes, I'm taking that guy for sure. <laughs> there you go. Great pick. <laughs> Just like I planned it. Yeah. All right, well, this has been a lot of fun. We knew it was going to be. Um, we typically come into most of these um, conversations with some kind of a script or plan or guide in front of us, and we knew that with Tim coming in that we wouldn't need it because um, one of the best parts about Tim Rack is he's a great communicator, but also he's a great friend of ours, and we knew conversation would just flow. So um, as we wrap up the rest of this school year, Tim, um, we just want to say, because you've impacted our lives greatly, um, that we are very thankful to have gotten to be part of the ride that you've taken us on with coaching um, both basketball and track, but even more than that, the friend that you've become to us and our, us and our families, we and our families, however you say it. Um, and we know that those are the kinds of things that last much longer than a coaching tenure will. So we appreciate you being here this morning. Um, we wish you a great day of testing over at Whittier <laughs> Middle School. Um, and any last closing comments that you have for the listeners? No, I just appreciate everything that Washington has done for me and my family. And I just want to say thank you. Yep. Um, all right, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see you after school for track practice. We yeah. appreciate the time. Um, take care. Thank you. Thanks for having me.